Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We are capping off. This is the 11th week of our summer series looking at the stories of Jesus and the parables. Guys, I'm a little sad. The <laughs> summer is over. Mm-hmm. But I am joined by two special guests and friends, which make me happy. First, we're joined by lead pastor, Jose <laughs> Averroa. Jose, glad to be Good back. morning. Mm-hmm. Glad to be capping off this series today. And we're joined by special guest, communications director, Paulina De La Fuente. Yeah, Paulina, it's really good to here. be here. All right, Jose. You, I know what question you're about to ask, so I'll, I'll beat you to it and uh, talk about why I chose this parable. Is that where you're going to go? There you go. Exactly where I was going. Look at us. We got this rhythm down. So this was a fun one because we talked about a parable not too far off from this one a couple of weeks back talking about getting ready. And it's similar, there's lamps, there's waiting, there's a wedding feast. And here uh, Jesus is saying, you, you have five wise bridesmaids, five foolish bridesmaids, but then there's this lamp. And it was the lamp that really caught my attention. I ordered a lamp on Amazon like I shared and uh, really wanted to make the point that we can't be the light of the world. We can't shine. We can't do what God's called us to do without, without His Holy Spirit, without empowerment from the source of light and um, energy, and, and which is a spirit that created the world, spoke the world into motion. So anyway, I wanted to share this message so that we can get fueled up as we go through a transition as a church family, and then all the transitions that are happening this week. Yep. We just heard cool. that Texas State mm-hmm. students are back, Yep. and our crew passed out hundreds of cards yesterday to invite college students to crosstalk. So it's an exciting season. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. We're going to talk about light of the world. Jose, you had three points here. We are to be a willing vessel, be filled with the spirit and live in the light. But before that, Paulina would love to hear your thoughts, not only on this parable, but even just the series as a whole and kind of what God's been teaching you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, something that has been encouraging is Jesus using stories. And I just love the way that that really is. A lot of times you can't, we don't connect with maybe specific points you know we might not remember how many weeks of the series did we do 11 11. so that's you know we could be sitting here and not be able to remember all of the points from all of the 11 weeks of the series but um thinking about maybe the certain stories that did stand out and why they stood out and Jesus's words and those stories, I mean, those we'll remember. And I can think of several of the stories that have been highlights for me and just why those were encouraging and just how God knows what stands out and how those resonate in each of our hearts and just how it helps to be at in community groups and discussing those deeper. And for me, that's really encouraging. What a fun series to do. Yeah. I love, I love that you mentioned how parables help us focus because I didn't mention this in the message, but I have this on my notes that 30% of our time is spent on daydreaming. And what do we think about? We think about stories. Rarely do we think about facts or, you know, things that we read in textbooks. And so how cool that God connects us how how stories. God connects with us through stories, mm-hmm. and it, they're just way more fun to recollect and, and think about than, say, a list of commandments, which we the Bible has those too. Right. So right. it's a yeah. really cool thing how we have a mix of 
both of those things. Yeah. I was going to add on to that. Just even personally, each of the lessons, each of the parables that we've looked at typically isn't some sort of super novel concept that Jesus is trying mm-hmm. to teach the disciples. It's usually something that he's reminding them about. So I think that's one takeaway for me is that I've enjoyed how each of these weeks we've kind of really honed in on one particular thing again this week about being a light and being the light of the world and just what that looks like. And so it just kind of slows everything down, begins to kind of focus on, okay, this is something maybe growing up in the church. You've heard these terms before, but we really get a chance to zoom in on it uh, this week. So I've really enjoyed that personally here. So let's let's jump in this week talking about being a light of the world. Uh, It's both not only being expectant for Christ's return, but also needing to have oil to be lit as far as for Jesus' return here. In a positive way here. Yes, yes. I was, I was. Uh, So this first one here is we got to start before anything, just being a willing vessel. And the question, Jose, that you poised to all of us was, do I live for my glory or for God's glory? Question to both of y'all, just practically as we begin to jump in here, uh, how can y'all, what are maybe some red flags or ways in which you can start to tell that you're doing something for your glory instead of God's glory? What does that practically look like just in the day to day? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, we talk a lot about mornings and so, but there's just something about really practically the start of the day that really does shift. Sets the course. Yeah, so much. And even if we, if you're someone that likes to spend time with God in a different way or a different time of the day, there's something about it setting the pace of the day and specifically to willingness that if I start too fast, it's hard to make up that time and to start trying to go backwards and be like, okay, God, I am willing, you know, let me go. It really is like trying to go backwards and, oh yeah, I am willing, you know, to be your vessel and to live for you instead of for me. But if I just take a pause even and remember that it is about God's glory and that just checking in with what's what's ahead of my day what what am i going into how am i feeling what came yesterday you know what's what do i need from god what what's god have in front of me even that pause just really practical in the morning there's something to it that is really helpful Mm -hmm. that if we can just start like that even if you're someone that doesn't have a lot of reserve in the morning to be able to have a longer time with god it's just that that can really help. Yeah. Jose, what about you as far as the difference between your glory and God's glory? Yeah. So the the fact that God invites us to be a part of his solution here on earth, being the light, and it's really up to us. I mean, he, he, he did the work already. He died on the cross. He completed his ministry. He ascended into heaven, and he gave us his Holy Spirit. So for me, it's a constant reminder, am I, you know, am I really walking where, God wants me to walk or or am I functioning based on what I think is best or the way that I need to lead a conversation or make a decision and I, I, I don't want to miss out on what God wants. And so Paulina, to your point, if if at the beginning of my day, if mm-hmm. I am not intentional about recognizing I get to be a part of something mm-hmm. with God today, then I, I can go off on my own strength and start making decisions mm-hmm. that sound good to me, but may not be what God wants me to do. And and then again, there's grace because we fall. We, we, we don't, we don't make the right, the best decision every time we don't look up and say, God, what, what do you want me to do here or there? There's grace. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that God wants to use us is really cool to me. Uh, there's a verse in 
Jeremiah, I had this on, but again, there were so many things that we had to talk about, talking about uh, being the potter, or God being the potter and we are the clay. Mm -hmm. It says in uh, Jeremiah 18, 4, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, and it seemed good to the potter to do. Uh, And then Jeremiah says, the word of the Lord came to me. Can I not do this with you as this potter has done? Meaning, can he not rework you? (laughs) Can he not use you? And so he's never done using us. He's never done forming us. It's a continual process. Mm -hmm. And when we really ask God, Lord, I want to, you know, I, I want to live for your glory. Show me how he's faithful yeah. to do that. Yeah. And not only is he faithful, but like you said earlier, he's the one doing the work. I yeah. know for me personally, uh, just a convicting part as I look at practically, is it for my glory or his glory? Usually it's like, am I worrying about this? Is Where's my where's my worry? Where's my anxiousness? Because if this is for God's glory mm-hmm. and he's doing it, then what do I have to be afraid of? But right. if it's for my glory, that's such a insecure and yeah. unstable uh, you know, kind of aim that I can be real insecure, real you know, just worried about all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So even just where and what I'm worried about typically begins to kind of show me, okay, I'm maybe doing this for my glory instead mm-hmm. of instead of for God's it's glory. It's really good. And it ties into light because Christians should be the light of the world. Mm-hmm. We should be bright, shining, confident, secure. And yet sometimes we find ourselves on our back foot mm-hmm. and uncertain when tragedy strikes or circumstances change, but we are to stay steady because Mm. ultimately we know we're not in control until Jesus comes back and makes all things good, you know, then we'll enjoy that wedding Mm. feast Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, be welcomed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And there's no way we can do that on empty. And that goes into the second point here as far as to be filled with the spirit. And Jose, your question is, what am I filling my life with? You gave a few examples. We'd love to spend a little more time. We've talked about this actually throughout not only this series, but series before this, as far as what are we consuming? What are we filling our minds with? What are some practical steps that y'all would encourage just those listening to kind of take just when it comes to this particular question? I think one of the things that stuck out to me you know, I, I talked more about the oil and the significance of oil in scripture and this idea of anointing. And so oil was used to bridge heaven and earth and to signify this, you know, rock or this temple or this tabernacle or this person is set apart to do God's work. So I loved the video that we showed on the Bible Project. Shout out to them. Christ is a title meaning anointed one. And we have Christ in our titles if we're followers of Jesus. Christ, Christians, you know, Christians. And so remembering that you are anointed, that you are set apart, that's the first step is recognizing that God's made you for a different purpose than what we used to think before we came to faith in Jesus. And to me, that's always an encouraging, it connects me to God's plan and it refocuses my attention to living for his glory instead mm. of for mine. Yeah. I think, I mean, what you were talking about, Taylor, is so encouraging because we're not stuck being, trying to, connecting it to this. We're not stuck trying to fill ourselves the way that insecurity leads us to want to do, you know, because that's the, like, living for my glory is the, like, well, am I enough, you know, or do I need to do more for God? But the security of being Mm. filled with the Spirit is that I can be, I'm if I'm willing to be a vessel for God, then I'm willing to be empty of the things that I wanted to fill myself with, you know, in order to be 
have space to be filled with the spirit to live for God, to live as the light, you know? And so looking at the list that you brought up, Jose, I was encouraged that we don't, there are times, you know, we come to faith where we do need to look and see, okay, these are fleshly ways to live. And so I want to be rid of that. But then moving forward, instead of looking and seeing, oh, these are all the things I need to get rid of. It's more about here is what I want to fill my life Mm. with, you know, instead of like always being like, oh, I need to keep away from this and keep away from that. It's like, I just want to fill myself with the spirit because there's not room for both. And so if I'm just filling my life with the spirit, then I can, you know, it automatically rejects being filled with both insecurity and living for myself. And and when that stuff creeps in, it does reject the other, you know, and so I need to be filled again and, um, need God's help. Right. And so I need to be filled up again and need help to notice those things so that God Mm -hmm. can fill me up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This third point here, we just getting all of this we're talking about, but living in the light and kind of the shift from not only just uh, being a willing vessel, being filled with the Spirit, but continuing to live in the light. The question, Jose, you had for us is, am I honest in all my acts and words? There are so many different ways that (laughs) we could go from here in these three points and these questions, but uh, maybe... My first question, I've asked this throughout the series as well, but how do we stay in the light? Because I think it's one thing that maybe we can, on a Sunday morning, feel like our oil is right. you know, full and we're lit on fire and we're ready to go and excited. Maybe someone's had like a really uh, powerful conference or camp yeah. experience where it's like, okay, I encountered God, this is exciting. And then Monday rolls around and the work week and the routine of family and home and all the things. So, so just even just thinking about this of living in the light, uh, what what would it look like to just first off just continue to be in the light? Yeah, I think it's connected to one of the things you were talking about, Paulina, which is emptying yourself of mm-hmm. the stuff that keeps us back from who God wants us to become. So recognizing that the things of this world do not satisfy, and that is a great first step. You know, recognizing our sin, the way that we have fallen short, allows room to open up in us for God's Holy Spirit to, to illuminate and say, hey, here's why I made you this way. You saw this as a weakness. Watch me turn this into a strength. You know, watch me turn an insecurity into one of your greatest areas of gifting. And so I remember growing up for me, I, I, I always struggled with, you know, wanting people to uh, like me or trying to always say the right thing. And once I started surrendering that, I, you know, it's not that you no longer care, it's that you're no longer looking for validation mm-hmm. from somebody else. And I started looking to God. For, for that validation. God, who do you say I am? The more I received from him, then the more I'm acting out in who he's called me to be. So to your point, Paulina, I'm being filled. So you stay in the light by being honest. Mm-hmm. How, how, are you really, how are you really doing? What, what is motivating your actions? What, are, what is motivating your speech? And from there, I think God does a beautiful work. Um, there's another point tied, but I, I want to open up I don't want to. I don't want to move on to that, so I'll I'll leave it open. No, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Well, here, okay. The bridesmaids. I just thought about this. The bridesmaids are asked to go that that don't have oil are asked to go and buy oil. 
go to the store and buy oil. Mm-hmm. There's not enough. And I think that's a really cool principle of our personal responsibility. I, I can't fill somebody mm-hmm. else up with yeah. God. That's got to be my kid's responsibility to turn to Jesus. That's got to be the person that I'm pursuing that hasn't, that hasn't you know, said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Each of us has a personal responsibility to get filled up, to live the way that you know, he gives us that free will. Mm-hmm. But that statement of go buy the oil, really, it's funny that he doesn't mention this, but that's what Jesus did on the cross for us. We don't have to buy it anymore. It's been given to us, but it did come at a price. Jesus paid the price. Mm-hmm. So how do we get, how do we stay on fire? How are we the light on the, how do we stay, you know, living in the light, confessing our sins, being honest with her? We think about what Jesus did for us on the cross. Mm-hmm. We think about mm-hmm. his glorious resurrection mm-hmm. and, and the price that he paid so that we can come to terms with our stuff and then be made whole and be changed. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think a similar takeaway I was reading again this morning about in the passage, but uh, even just the concept that they had to go buy it, meaning they it wasn't enough for them to be ready in that exact moment. Like there needed to be preparation ahead of time. Yeah. And so even just to all that we're talking about being filled with the spirit, it's not just a quick like, okay, Jesus returns. And it's like, okay, and now now I want to yeah. get things straightened up real quick and then be ready. It's like Jesus is wanting us to, to make this a process and a lifestyle that we are continually walking and mm-hmm. living in the light. Uh, regardless of the timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did think about in the story when you're sharing on Sunday that it must have been hard for the, mm-hmm. if I was mm-hmm. them, it must have been hard for the five prepared bridesmaids yeah, to, to not, not share. share because it is, that's always to me the hard part about stories, the parables of heaven or of when Jesus does come back is that there is no time once that happens. Once and that so happens. it really is a stay ready for us now, you know, because we just, once it happens, it's here. Um, but I was really encouraged by the second Corinthians verse that you shared at the end, because mm-hmm. that the wording of the, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Um, I personally just went through some hard transitions and some hard things. And I thinking about the question, am I honest and all my acts and words, I used to think that having also been through some hard things that you can only live in the light when it's easy to live in the light, that living in the light means things are good. I'm sharing my community group and I'm encouraging people and I'm discipling people. And when people look at me, I'm on fire and things are great. And recently the way that God has been encouraging me is that it's okay to be at the end of my rope because that really is where God's power is made perfect in my weakness. And where this verse is true for when we are in hard seasons is that I really felt like God spoke that word, those words to me of it's okay to be at the end of my rope because that's where God helps me. And that there are some seasons where I did have stayed at the end of my rope and that that's where God helps me and where these verses are true, that I have been hard pressed, but not uh, crushed. Mm -hmm. And where in that God's taught me how to let other people in and let community group in and let people pray with me and let people meet practical needs and still be honest during that. It reminds me of the stay ready, you know, because you do it while it's happening and while it's active and not once it's over, you know, and letting people in then and living even in the light in that part. Because I think even when we think about non-believers, I don't think they see that part of that. 
a part of us very often, good point. you know, I don't think they see the vulnerability side too. Well, it so. take, takes a lot of humility to do that. Yeah, and then it yeah, also goes against hard. every other phase or way of life. I think about trying out and there's football tryouts going on. There's all these other cheer tryouts and sports tryouts and band stuff that you're, that you're, that you're trying out for and getting ready means, Hey, show off. Yeah. Sh- show yeah. your skills. Yeah. So that's how, that's how we tend to do that. Mm-hmm. Show your strengths, show, show how, you know, well prepared you are, how much you've practiced, but in our faith, to your point, yeah, I mean, we actually should lead out of our brokenness mm-hmm. and our need because we can't do this on our own. And so we show off God's strength. We show off God's provision, God's confidence. Mm-hmm. And that's then what comes out. It's we live to glorify the name of Jesus, not to glorify the name. Look how great Jose is doing in this season because yeah. everything is going right, right in his life. So we we that that there's an opportunity there for the anointed ones, mm-hmm. for Christians to lead in, in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Y'all, as we close and wrap up, Jose, I'd love to give you the final word, not just for this message, oh, but boy. the series as a whole. Yeah, God uses the simple things. He uses these simple stories to explore deep truths. That's true here through the parables, through the word of God. But I, I, I know that to be true in my life, where he shows up as the birds chirp outside of my window in the mornings. And and I remember God's provision. And I remember how if God loves the sparrow and provides for them, he's going to provide for me. So God is a, I mean, he's a creator and he is sovereign. So of course he's going to show up in big ways. I think it's a good reminder that he shows up, he shows up in big ways through small things. So let's be aware of those things and continue to live and uh, follow him as we go. Thanks for listening to The Conversations Podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.